Hey, welcome to New River Church's podcast. We're really glad you decided to join us today. We're in the middle of a series called Prayer, Power, and Wisdom, and we hope that this blesses you. If you're looking for more information, check us out at newriverchurch.org. I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles, uh, on your Bible apps, to Psalm 139. We've been in a series on prayer, power, and wisdom, and today we're talking about the power of understanding uh, God's design. And um, this was a difficult week, amen, for a lot of us. I talked to some of you and heard of some of the challenges and um, we've been praying and praying and praying. Um, you ever feel like you, you always have an issue coming up, like there's always something, right? Anybody ever feel like you're, you're waiting for the, neck, the other shoe to drop sometimes? It's like you, you, know, you feel like one stomp and then you're just waiting for the, the other one to come. It's really hard to uh, think about anybody else but you when you're in those situations, yeah, right? You, you just kind of, you pray about them, you lift them up to the Lord, and then uh, you feel as though you've released some things, and then you pick it right back up, and then it's still with you. Um, huh. That's the challenge, right? Following Christ, the difficulties, going through suffering, and learning Surrender. And you know what's, what's really interesting is that you can read this thing from, from cover to cover and you see all of this victory and you always wonder, I don't know, maybe you don't, but sometimes I do. There are moments when, when I have this, how come I don't have, how come I don't have, have it like that? Right? I, I, damn, wow, look at how they're overcoming. Look at Moses, everybody hated him, and, you know, they're talking about him and stuff, and wow, how, and he still wants to, he said, I'll die if, if you, you know, take me, don't, don't destroy Israel, really? And the, all the stuff he went through. I don't understand sometimes, but I do understand this, that God has a, a design, he has a plan, and um, uh, that is not part of uh, the whole of what I'm talking about here, but I think it is a piece, and, 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 and that is that God has a plan and a design for us and for others. You're not the only one going through. You're not the only one. If you look around you, there is a whole room full of people that are going through almost just like you, but in a different way, different story. Let's look at Psalm 139. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. 
You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will the light become night around me, even darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of, some of them. You have searched me and you have known me. You know when I sit down, you know when I get up, you know when I go out, you know when I come in. Sounds like a stalker, I don't know. You know, God is stalking us. No, what it is, is God is saying, I know everything about you. The psalmist is actually re is saying to himself, God knows everything about me. He knows me. He knows me fully. He knows, he knows what I like. He knows what I don't like. He knows, he knows all the stuff that I'll never tell anybody else about me. He knows all of that stuff. He knows, he knows the stuff that if, you were to pass away and there was a trivia game made about you, people would be trying to guess that stuff about you. He knows it. He would win the game. He knows. And there's something about this, this knowing. God knows us, and so we, 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 we try to recognize sometimes when we're going through, Lord, do you understand what I'm going through? And he's like, yeah, I, I know what you're going through. I, I made you. And, and the psalmist is looking here and he's saying, he's, he's saying he knows all this about me. He knows the words on my tongue even before I, I say them. And then he says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. I don't even know myself that much. That's what he's saying. I don't even know myself that well. You know me better than I know myself. Such knowledge is, is too wonderful for, for me to attain. And, and, and then he goes into, I can't even escape your presence. Everywhere I go, you're there. You're always there. You never leave. You're always there with me. You're always holding me. Even if I try and hide in the dark and I turn all the lights off and you walk into the room in perfect darkness, that perfect darkness is even like light to you. You see everything about me. You can find me in perfect darkness. That's how God feels about you. That's how, he, that's how he's looking at you. That's how concerned he is about you. That's how he loves you and me. Oh, this is beautiful stuff because I know that there are those of us in this, in this room that have suffered and have gone through the, 
the, the turmoil and the, the, the agony and the antagonism of hearing the words of doubt about who we are and what we aren't and who we aren't and what we can't do, those, those thoughts that come to you and, and antagonize you and talk about what's not going to happen in your life, right? That shoe that is always about to drop is the, the antagonizing thoughts. It's the, it's the enemy of the thought life, right, coming against you, right? Thinking that, oh, man, everything always goes wrong for me. And God is saying, but I know you. I, I understand. Nobody understands. Yes, I do understand. I do understand, and I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Then the psalmist goes on, and, and he says, he says uh, I praise you. You, you. you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's room, in verse 13. Mother's womb, in verse 13. He says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. This is God's design, right? You were created fearfully and wonderfully. So when you hear that I'm nothing, when you hear that, that voice that says, I, but I, my voice doesn't matter. N nobody's going to pay attention to you. It, it doesn't matter what you have to say. Or when you hear those voices that say, well, you, you, you messed up this time. You better get it right next time. Uh, yeah, I have to be perfect in everything that I do. Oh, let me not look bad today because people will see that, that I'm going through a problem today. I don't want anybody to know. Oh, maybe I just shouldn't even come to church. I don't want anybody to know I'm going through something bad, right? When those things go through your mind, when God did not design us this way. He designed us fearfully, wonderfully. He, he knows what he created in us. He knows the inmost being. He knows that, that how he knit us together. He searched us. And, and, and that word searched in verse 1 actually means he studied us. He's analyzed us. He created us. And then it talks about the book. This is one of that part, that verse in verse 16 is actually one of my favorites. Is when, is when he says, uh, when the psalmist says, uh, all the days ordained for me were written in your book. There is a book in heaven that has your whole life mapped out from beginning to end. Everything that you would do is written. Now, here's the thing. Do you remember, some of you are, might be old enough to remember this. Some of you maybe not. Do you remember those books uh, back in the, maybe in the, in the 80s, when, in uh, late 80s, 90s, when, when uh, you would read and you can choose what ending. You remember these books? Like, uh, if you want Bill to open the door, go to page nine. And then you keep reading, right? But if you want him to go up the stairs, go to page 34. Anybody remember these books? A couple of us, right? Okay, for those of you that don't understand, this was like picking your own destiny, basically. It was, it was like a real-life book. Those books are the way life works in God's kingdom. Your life is written like that book because God does not take away from us choice. So you start walking down the, in the book, in the chapter of, of your life with God, and then you get to the end of the chapter and it's, do you want to go on that date with Susie or do you want to not, right? And if you go on the date, then you go to page 34, right? And then the story continues. But God knows all of that. It's all, it's all written down. 
So even your, your faults, your failures, your mistakes, it's all written. So sometimes we think, oh, I'm, I've messed up so much. I've, I've messed up so bad. My life is over. I, I, I've lost everything. I've come to the end of my rope. There's still a choice at the end. Do you want to go to page 30 or do you want to go to page 50? Which one? And you choose. That is how God has designed us. Understanding God's design. <clears throat> Why do I bring this up? Romans 2.11 says this. God shows no favoritism. That means that as God is with you and how he deals with you is how he deals with everyone. He's just in all of his dealings, right? So what does that mean for us when we look at Psalm 139? He knows every person in your sphere of influence. He knows all your family. He knows when they go out. He knows when they come in. He knows when they sit down. He knows when they stand up. He created them. He knitted them together in their mother's womb. He's always been with them. They can never escape from his presence. So when we look at people around us, the folks that we would maybe even think of engaging with, the person that you talk to at, at, at work every day, the, the person that you might see at the gas station, your neighbor, your family member that, that, that lives a few states away, God knows each and every one of them. And he knows them better than they know themselves, just like he knows you better than you know yourself. He understands how they act and operate and what they like and don't like, just like he understands everything about you. And the difficult thing is that most of the time when we think about engaging with other people, we look at the outside, we think about their situation, and we think about all the stuff that they've been through, and maybe we're having a conversation and we're hearing all these things, and all we're seeing is the outside. It's just the surface. It's just, a, just, a, just the outside of things. But God sees the heart. That, that, that's what the Bible says in 1 Samuel 16. The Lord says, I don't see as people other people see. Man looks at the outside, but God looks at the heart. God sees the heart. And so how do we engage with our circle of influence? How do we engage people in our family? How do, you, how do you relate? How do you deal with folks? How do you have a conversation? Well, let's turn to John 15. John 15. Because in John 15, God speaks very clearly. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he's talking uh, in this passage, he's talking about what it means for them to be disciples, what it means to follow Christ. And then he's encouraging them because he knows that as they follow him, there's going to be some difficulty. There are going to be some struggles. He knows that it's not going to be an easy road. And so he gives them some, some very key things to follow. He starts talking about things that we don't understand as much grapevines. <laughs> you know, how many people have a grapevine in their yard? It must probably one or two people. Yeah, I know it's at least one. There's always one that has like a grapevine. Grapevines are real interesting. So Jesus is talking about the vine and the branches. And he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. 
He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Let me just read that again. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you, will, you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Jesus says that if you want to bear fruit in your life, that you have to stay connected. You have to remain. That word remain also is translated live or abide. You have to stay connected. What's Jesus saying? Stay with me. Just stay with me. And I'll tell you, one of the most difficult things that I find in my life as I'm talking to other people is sometimes to stay in contact with what Jesus is saying or doing just to stay with him. I, I have to say that there, there are moments when, when I'm, even when I'm, when I'm counseling, it's the constant struggle where I'm hearing somebody's story and I'm listening to them speak and I'm trying to understand them and I'm respecting what they're saying and I've lost contact <laughs> with what God is saying. See, this is, this is where God wants us to be, connected all the time. We were made and designed for connection and union with God. We were never made to be separate. It was never the way God intended. It's almost like God said, you know, in the world, they'll cut the umbilical cord, but with me, it'll never get cut. That's kind of the way, that's kind of the way I think about it. It's like we're always supposed to be dependent upon him, but we're supposed to be independent. No, no. That's part of the issue is when we get so independent that we do the stuff we want to do. And we wonder sometimes how come conversations with people are not very fruitful. It's just because we're not always that connected. And it's not a shaming thing. It's not a condemning thing. It's a, it's a refocus. It's a reset. Because what God is saying through what Jesus is saying right here in this passage is if you want to bear fruit, if you want to do anything that is going to last, stay with me. Stay with me. Spend time with me. Walk with me. You know, the challenge of staying connected is that there's so many other things that are jockeying for God's position in our lives. So many other things that want to take his place for us. So we disconnect just for a little bit, just so we can connect someplace else, right? We, we unplug from one area so we can plug in on another area. And that's one of the reasons why we struggle 
we struggle, we struggle with being fruitful. God says this, <clears throat> Jesus says in, in John chapter 10, verse 27, he says, my sheep hear my voice and they know me and they follow me. He says, my sheep hear my voice, they know me and they follow me. Now, each and every one of us that's asked Jesus to be Lord of our lives and Savior of our lives, you're a sheep. Somebody say, bad. <laughs> you're a sheep. You're a sheep. We look at the Bible and, you know, in Isaiah 51, you know, God touches, says he's, he's putting his words in Isaiah's mouth. You know, in Jeremiah 1, God's telling Jeremiah, the prophet, that I've touched your mouth. I'm putting my words in your mouth. And we think, wow, that's so beautiful for these guys, these great men of faith, and they're prophets. They, they, they can hear God vo God's voice, and they can speak God's word. But Jesus said, my sheep, all of you that said, bah, hear his voice. All of you, every one of us. There's not one that hasn't heard the voice of God. Not one. So what does this mean? I can actually listen to God while I'm listening to somebody else. You know, sometimes the, the, the most loving thing you can do for somebody is listen to their story. But the next, probably even more loving than that, is tell them what God is saying. Just listen for them. Maybe it's an encouragement. Look, we're not looking, you're not looking for the heavens to open up and all of a sudden, you know, you hear trumpets are, are playing and angels are descending and, and you start seeing unicorns and pixie dust and everything is changing and you say, oh, I think I have something from the Lord for you. No, that's weird. It's really weird. It really is. Maybe it was the 70s with you. Maybe that's what it was. It's really weird. But that's not how God operates. It's really natural. This is his design. So understanding is the way God made it. He understands you and he understands everybody around you so that you can be connected with him and then share with them what he understands about them. Do you see it? It's like he knows me, so, so I know he knows me and he doesn't respect persons, so he knows everybody else. Well, he knows everything. God is really smart. He's like a genius, really. And if we ask him, or if we just listen to what he's dropping, and we give that to somebody, oh, man, it changed your life. So I was going through Duchess one day. Duchess is in Fairfield County. I don't think I've seen it up this way. A little fast food joint. But it's almost like a, a fast food diner. Anybody ever been to Duchess? Yeah, 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 you've been to Duchess. It's cool, it's good. They got good burgers, whatever, you know. I don't really go there much. But there was a time, you know, uh, Keisha and I were vegetarian for a period. I'm back on pork now. Um, and uh, so we're going through, because they had a uh, Beyond, they had a Beyond Burger at Duchess. I was like, oh, cool. They got the vegan meat burger at Duchess. This is crazy. Okay, so we're going to Duchess. Let's go. I, I, I won't touch McDonald's and all this stuff. Duchess, okay, Beyond Meat, let's go. 
So we go and we're getting stuff and we're like, yeah, you know, just put it on that veggie burger. We're going through. And I'm listening to the, the girl that is um, taking the order. And I'm just like, huh, what's going on with that? And it seems like as I'm asking the question, I'm hearing from the Lord, which was crazy because I was just like, there was no pixie dust or unicorns. It's just, you know, it's like, oh, there's something for her. I was like, oh, really? Okay, so we're driving up. And so I turned to Keisha. I was like, I think, I think God wants to say something to her. I don't know. So we get up to the window. I don't know what he wants to say. And then I see her. She comes to the window, and she's giving me the stuff and, you know, um, trying to be efficient. So it's all of this stuff is coming in all at once. It's before I could even handle everything. And then the word just comes just like that. And I said, hey, have you ever thought about owning your own business? And uh, she said, yeah. I said, have you ever thought about, have you ever thought about being a hairdresser, like, like running a, a beauty salon? She said, yeah. And she's looking at me strange like I've been stalking her. And I said, you know, this sounds weird. I'm a Christian. Every once in a while, God tells me something about somebody else. He just, I felt like he told me to tell you that that's the way you're supposed to go and that you're going to be very successful with that and that he wants to bless your business. And she's just, she's like locked in and everything that I'm saying. And so I prayed for her right there. And I know the people behind me were mad because they wanted their onion rings. <laughs> but I just prayed for her. I didn't have anything else. I just said what I heard. I'm not a prophet. I don't get words for everybody. You come and ask me for a word, it's 50-50, either yes or no. <laughs> you might get one, you might not. It's just the way God wants to do it. But you know what was interesting? is that she was encouraged. And the only thing that I did was I opened my mouth. Psalm 8110 says this, open your mouth and I will fill it. Listen, this is not rocket science. Spend time with Jesus, right? I think we, we get all worked up and we think it's really big and hard and stuff like that. No, it's the way God designed it. He knows you. He knows everybody else. He knows everything. And if you listen to him, he makes you sound really smart. He really does. You can do this. You really can. I'm going to tell you how you hear the voice of God. It's the same way you hear somebody else's voice. Listen. Listen. The way, the way I started was right here. It's, I was hungry to hear God's voice. I wanted to hear him. I mean, I really wanted to hear him. And so I asked him questions about his word while I was reading it. What does that mean, God? Why did you say that? How did you feel about that? And then I would wait to get an answer. And then I would check what I heard. Sometimes I, my wife bought me a study Bible, which was really cool. And I would check the notes and see if what I heard was something maybe somebody else heard. I look it up on Google, one of the best concordances and commentaries in the world. And I would say, maybe somebody else had the same revelation. And then other stuff. I just started learning his character in the Bible, how he does stuff, how he cries, right? And you, people say, men don't cry. I guess Jesus was not a man, right? And he said, 
Jesus wept, right? So I looked at his character. Oh, Jesus Christ, that means it's okay for me. <laughs> you know, I just got into it. <laughs> just let it flow. But it started with this, and then it started with testing. You know a good place for you to test it out? In your life group. Right? Just ask, pray with somebody. And if you feel like God is telling you something, ask them. Now listen, if you start saying to somebody, you know, God's saying right now that you need to break up with your wife. You know, I don't know what it is. You know that's not God, first of all. But the second thing is, we don't, get, we don't do it that way. That's not the way we test it. The way we test it is, hey, you know, I feel like this is what I'm hearing. Every once in a while, I feel like God is speaking. I feel like this is what I'm hearing. Does that make sense to you? And if the person says no, say, oh, well, I missed that one. You go back, you try again. Nobody's going to stone you because you're not God and you're not acting like it. Guys, this is simple, but it's supernatural. It's natural, but it's supernatural. The reason why is because we have a supernatural God. And he designed us to be this way. Can we have a worship team come? I just came to encourage you today a little bit. I really want to I really want to just also this is kind of a tag on today. A lot of us have felt worthless. You know who you are. You're just like me. We're the same in that. You felt worthless before. You felt like you really didn't matter. Like you didn't have anything to say. That's a lie from hell. Just want to free you up from that. That's a lie from hell. There's some of us that think that we've made too many mistakes that everything is over now. That's a lie from the devil. I'm just here to tell you, you're believing a lie because your book is written and God's not done yet. Everybody go like this. Take a breath. You are alive. Did you feel that? You're alive. That means God's not done. That means there's more to you than just what you're experiencing today. That means you have hope. There's more. You walk through those doors, there's a whole future outside there for you. He's not done. And you're going to encounter people that are just like you, that feel worthless sometimes, that feel like they don't have a voice, that feel like they're powerless. You're going to encounter people just like that. And you need to know the truth of God's word says I was knitted together in my, he knitted me together in my mother's womb. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. He knows everything about me. He's got a book about me in heaven. It's got good plans in it. He's doing good stuff in my life. And when I walk out into this world, I'm walking into the good stuff. It's not over with me. I don't care what's going on in the, the circumstances don't have anything to do with God's plan for your life. You think circumstances are going to stop God's plan? 
just because somebody is acting stupid out there, that's going to stop God's plan? No. God wants to do beautiful things in you. He wants to live his life through you. That's the connection with the vine. You can't bear fruit unless that life is coming out of you. It comes from connection. You stay connected and there's beauty in your future. Beauty. Would you stand with me? As we have every eye closed, just put your hand on your heart. Say, God, you're not done with this yet. God, you are not done with this yet. There's more. There's more for me. There's more for my family. There's more for the people around me. It's not over. So God, would you give me the grace to be able to see what you see? Give me the ears to hear what you're saying about me and the people around me so that fruit will be born in their lives. Fruit will be born through mine. Lord, I bless each and every one of my friends right here. I pray your encouragement for their spirit. And I pray that your power would break through their lives in a real way each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like more encouragement or information about New River Church, check us out at newriverchurch.org.